Candace Long with Lessons in the Latter Days, offering biblical commentary to make sense of the times that we're living in. In the last episode, When God Speaks in a Dream, I presented the biblical case for dreams, how God speaks in dreams, training us to hear Him when things get darker. Having taught dream interpretation workshops since 2005, I've seen a significant increase in people dreaming, especially seeing themselves in situations and scenes that I would describe as apocalyptic. When teaching in Ohio a few years ago, I was surprised, first of all, by the number of men who attended because typically women gravitate more to my workshops than men do. Even more enlightening, however, was learning that several of the men reported frightening dreams. One man saw himself leading his family to a hiding place to protect them from danger, as if they were running for their lives. Several other men said they had dreams of a similar nature, and all of them were very relieved that they were not alone in their growing concern of the dark times they saw coming, and they wanted help to understand what God was saying to them in how to watch over their families. I believe God is especially calling men right now, so please be attentive to your dreams and your promptings. Another time I was asked to teach dream interpretation to a group of children. Now, I looked at the principal of this small Christian school and I I said, I've never taught children. And she said, please, they need your help. They're having some really scary dreams and they need some assurance that God is with them. Reading the children's dreams deeply moved me. I find children refreshingly honest in sharing what they see in their dreams. And what they saw was frightening. But the Lord was very real that day in giving the young ones His perspective on these times and His assurance of divine protection. What I want to share with you today is biblical principles that unlock your dream. One of my mandates is to train people in Hebraic principles of dream interpretation. Before January of 2002, I was a committed follower of Jesus from a Presbyterian background who knew little about the gifts of Holy Spirit and absolutely nothing about prophetic dreams. And then wham! God had something to teach me, and He has been doing this for 19 years. He began to teach me to create an interpretation methodology. Let me explain. Typically, I have about 70 dreams per year, and since the beginning had no one but the Holy Spirit to teach me how to interpret them. One day, the Lord gave me insight into the portion of Genesis 41 that we're going to look at today, when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Through it, God showed me an entire dream interpretation system that I call the Joseph Dream Key. 
I began field testing this methodology, not only with my own dreams, but also to help people from all different parts of the world, even when I had to deal with translators and language barriers. The Joseph Dream Key has never failed to deliver. Before I explain it to you, I want to share why I feel an urgency to teach this. First of all, I take very seriously the passage in Mark 4, where Jesus said, Take heed to what you hear. For the measure that you give will be the measure that you receive, and still more will be given you. For to him who has will more be given, and from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This means that God gives more. He gives more dreams, more revelation, more insight to those who value what they have already received. So if I prove trustworthy to follow through with what he has shown me in dreams, then he gives me more. So I developed a system to analyze my dreams by writing them down a certain way and filing them year by year. I then review that year's dreams every January in order to see how well I'm doing implementing what God showed me the year before. I then expanded that analysis in order to see if there were trends or patterns that the Lord wanted me to see over a number of years, especially concerning the growing number of catastrophic or warning dreams, because I always took special note of those throughout the years. Between 2002 and 2010, I recorded 581 dreams, including 15 warning dreams. At the end of 2019, I decided to analyze this most recent decade from 2011 to 2019, and lo and behold, it contained 76 catastrophe dreams. Over two decades, God's dreams of warning accelerated from 15 to 76, which is a 400% increase. That is significant. I then categorized the warning dreams to see if I could find a pattern by topics. In other words, could they be grouped in such a way that revealed, for instance, the top 10 areas of greatest concern that the Lord was warning me about in my dreams? Now, these insights changed the course of my career path because I knew that these warnings were not just for me. It's taken me quite a while to see these troubling trends and create the media infrastructure necessary to sound the alarm. The calling of a seer is not an easy one. It has taken over two years to rebrand myself and let people know what I do, expand my media company in order to write, produce, and publish the resources that I believe people need to navigate these end of days, and build a digital delivery highway to reach people anywhere in the world, and most important, continue to live a quiet, sequestered life away from media distractions. I simplified my life to be able to survive what's coming, and I continue to listen, write, and package 
what God has shown me. I'm telling you this because I'm finally ready now to share some of the things that I have seen coming, not to frighten, because that is never God's way. But my first instruction from the Father is to help lay a biblical foundation for you to learn how to properly interpret God's language in dreams. Once you learn this, you will be able to unlock your dreams, help others with theirs, and be able to discern whether someone else's interpretation lines up with the Word of God. Now, before I share the Joseph Dream Key, here's one thing you need to know. Not every dream comes from God. There are three sources of dreams. Some come from the flesh. Some come from Satan and his minions. And some come from God. So how do you tell the difference? Well, first of all, understand through Scripture that God reserves his secrets, his understanding and wisdom for those who honor him and his ways, who spend time with him and have learned to discern his voice, who want to serve him in these final days and are looking for direction. So if you are living this kind of lifestyle and you keep away from trash, from contentious people, from wrong behavior and defiling movies and music and such, then chances are your dreams are from the Lord. Let's look at the Joseph dream key. Joseph began dreaming when he was 17. God had much to teach him in order to use him in a great way and fulfill the dreams that he had given him as a boy. You know the story. He was separated from his family, thrown into a pit, betrayed by his brothers, and sold into slavery. He then served Potiphar, was wrongly accused of assault, and thrown into prison. And then one day, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had a troubling dream and none of his wise men could interpret it. Suddenly, Pharaoh's chief butler remembered Joseph, whom he had met when he himself was imprisoned for a brief time, and how Joseph's interpretation of his dream proved to be a hundred percent correct. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, who, as you can imagine, was filthy living in prison all of these years. So he got a bath, a haircut, a shave, and some decent clothes, and they brought him in before Pharaoh. The next thing the Bible records is an insightful interpretation of a dream given to the head of the most powerful nation on earth at the time, an interpretation that God used to save two nations, Egypt and Israel. What the scriptures do not recount is all of the years that Joseph spent in prison. God had to have given him dreams and taught the young man the vocabulary of Holy Spirit. Now let's look together at the methodology that Joseph created as a result of his God training in the way he interpreted Pharaoh's dream in Genesis 41. He used four simple steps. Step one, write out or tell just the dream itself. 
Now we read this in verses 17 through 24. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile, and seven cows, fat and sleek, came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. And seven other cows came up after them, poor and very gaunt and thin, such as I had never seen them in all of the land of Egypt. And the thin and gaunt cows ate up the first seven fat cows. But when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as gaunt as at the beginning. And then I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears growing on one stalk, full and good, and seven ears, withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind, sprouted after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. And I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. So this step is very straightforward. Just write out the dream including the details that you remember, even if they don't make sense. Break it out in scenes, as Pharaoh did, as we read. There were two separate dreams back to back. We know from the text that Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dream and anxious about it. That's significant to record. Step two is to list the words and symbols to break out. We see that in verses 25 through 27. Now, what I do in this part is I circle words that get my attention, that may have a biblical meaning. In this dream, there are several things to look at. First is the repetition of the number seven, which is a very important number to God. What is the meaning of cows and ears of corn? What do they represent? God seemed to direct Pharaoh's focus to the entire agricultural production system of Egypt, for the cows, or oxen, were used in the planting part of the process, whereas the corn represented the harvesting part. Attention is drawn to the drastic change that happened from one seven-year period to another in the condition of the cows and corn. And then there is the ominous term, the east wind, which seems to be the villain in the story. So if this dream had been told to me, these are the things that would attract my notice, and I would begin to write down my observations on what I learn as I dig into these things. Let's look at the next step, at what Joseph noted and how he broke out his symbols. What's amazing to me is that Joseph did this breakout all in his head. The visual images were part of God's vocabulary that Joseph had learned over time. Plus, the Spirit of God was awakening understanding to him. A true seer is always aware that the true interpretation only comes from God. It is never wise, for instance, to go to the Internet to find the biblical meaning of things. This is God's language, and each dreamer must do the work of digging for wisdom as if searching for gold and silver. Here's what we find in Genesis. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. 
the seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. The seven lean and gaunt cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears, blighted by the east wind, are also seven years of famine. So the thing that Joseph honed in on was what the repetition of scenes means to God. See, repetition in Hebrew is a linguistic clue of emphasis by God. When something repeats, it means that it is so. It's something for you to notice as you read the word. But Joseph knew this, and he knew God was emphasizing something that would most assuredly come to pass. He saw the bottom line immediately, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Now, most people, when they dream, do step one, and they may do a little bit of step two, but they usually don't write down their observations. I encourage you to write them, because it says in Habakkuk 2, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets so that he may run who reads it. I have found that it is in the writing down of it that something happens in the brain and in the spirit. That's when I experience the revelation of understanding. But this third step is extremely important and rarely done by dreamers. In this step, you have to project yourself into God's perspective. I want you to notice when I read it that Joseph is giving a prophetic word to the king of Egypt as if speaking on behalf of God. This is a large part of a seer's responsibility. Notice that the first sentence in this passage comes from Joseph, and the rest is as if it's from God. Step three, give God's word to the dreamer. We see this in verses 28 through 32. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, there will arise seven years of famine, and all of the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of that famine which will follow, for it will be very grievous. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now this is a harsh word, but Joseph delivered it with confidence. He knew exactly what was coming, and most importantly, he wanted Pharaoh to know that God had personally revealed to him what he was about to bring on the land. The plenty and famine were going to come from the God of Israel. That's an important thing to say to a king whom many people looked at as a god. Notice, too, that Joseph used the imagery in the dream as his vocabulary. He didn't go off on a tangent like many people do. A good interpreter must be faithful to the language of pictures that God chooses for that dream. The final step is to give an exhortation to the dreamer of what to do next 
about the dream. Now, what I see in this last step is that the Spirit of God downloaded a word of wisdom, which is an incredible gift. I have had this happen to me a lot, where when I am interpreting a dream, I will receive a download of how to apply the dream, and it's a magnificent experience because I know it's God. But again, Joseph had to have experienced this many times in order to venture out with such boldness to interpret, because he had found God faithful in using him as a mouthpiece many times before. Let's see what he told Pharaoh. Step four is exhortation in wisdom based on the word that he had just given. We see this in verses 33 through 36. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take the fifth part of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all of the food of these good years that are coming and lay up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. That food will be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine which are to befall the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. Now, this magnificent word of wisdom ended up saving two nations. It also gave specific instructions as to the character and integrity needed for the person Pharaoh chose to be in charge. For God demands and deserves a high level of character to implement his plan of survival for Egypt and the Hebrews that he knew would come because of the famine. Now, when you are interpreting a dream, you should feel awe and humility that God would entrust you to communicate his language of pictures to the dreamer. In this interpretation, Joseph exalted the God of heaven, and he also gave honor to Pharaoh as being worthy to receive God's instruction and carry them out to save his people and prepare them for the devastating famine they were about to experience. I encourage you to go use these four steps of the Joseph Dream Key the next time you dream. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. And let me know what a difference this makes in your life. In closing, the prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 42, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Who among you will give ear to this, will attend and listen for the time to come? I committed myself many years ago to be trained by the Lord to attend Him and listen for the time to come and to help others be good stewards of the dreams that they are given. I began this series, Lessons in the Latter Days, in order to memorialize many things in the warning dreams that I have seen concerning the days ahead. I'll be sharing some of those in future episodes, but today the emphasis needed to be you, to teach you the foundational principles that God has graciously taught me. 
If you'd like to refer this program and this series to others, you'll find it on my podcast page at CandiceLong.com. All of the resources were designed to help you understand the gifts and talents that the Father has put inside you. If you are dreaming, then He is speaking. I'm here to help you develop your ears to hear. I'm Candace Long. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope you join me again next time for Lessons in the Latter Days. God bless you.